two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step back on the cold. Problems. Mm. Tell us the fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, the C-O-M-O-N, for fresh truth is the King is just like inside, but there's another component too where you have like a friend that jumps on the bed, thus simulating the motion of the ocean. Does that count as a threesome? I mean, surely by like what? the number of people occupying a room, theoretically, yes, but I mean, like the definition by Webster standards, and uh, I mean my friend Webster, not the uh, Associated Dictionary people, is that it's penetration of any type. So like, it's still sex. Even aha, if, like, aha, this is where don't... Mitt Romney has you, though. <laughs> it's the motion in it's their the mind. Motion. Keep in mind, BYU is a place where they don't allow, like, caffeine or alcohol. Okay, but how does no motion – I mean, again, I understand, like, it. you know, we're all on the same page here that it is, but – how how do they compute the idea that like oh I'm not moving so it's like it's fine? Yeah, l- let's say my name was um, Woof Woof, um, a treasured <laughs> character from uh, my high school years, mm. and uh, and like <laughs> I suffered from um, a situation that was called premature ejaculation, and all it took was me to literally insert myself, and that would be all all she wrote and i have completed or have come to the climax of such a situation mm. like how is that not all that it takes to have sex if I if th- my name was woof woof a beloved I individual think from our high school past <laughs> i i think i <laughs> i think i think we're all on the same page here i'm just trying to understand how the the, the fine students at BYU justify that. Um, I don't know if they do it's, or not. I think that's the that's the tricky part for them is it's clearly not something that is condoned by the university um, or the Mormon faith. It's just like in the same way that take a penny, leave a penny is like you can do with it how you will. I'll take it a further step. It's like how you believe that the moon is hollow because of reptilian people running our government. Like that's the leap that you take. Like, it's are you saying it's not, it's completely wrong. Liar. You're a liar. I I mean, coming from a reptilian, I can tell you all of these rumors are false. Um, My lizard brain precludes me from admitting that I exist. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, um, if you have responses to our question of how exactly this works in the sexosphere of the Mormon faith, do us a favor, 
an email Mitt Romney's campaign um, or just reach out to Jeb Bush and let him know how this works. Jeb! 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 Jeb is still, like, looking for a job at this point. Do you see the post of him getting uh, locked out of his car? He was in, like, a CVS. Yes. (laughs) God. Should have been him. There is so many, like, there is nobody who's had, like, a more, like, meteoric crash of their entire political career than him. Oh, I can, well, not about a political career, but I can name, I can think of somebody who's had a worse crash. And his name's Tom DeRoma. Oh. Take I mean, a look at your uh, fantasy team. And, oh, boy. Uh, it's I, not good. Okay, can I, can I just explain myself here? I, I would hope so, because, like, may God have mercy on your soul for the absolute shit you're putting out every single week. I, I, you know what, though, Tom? Let me defend you for a second here. Ooh. Thanks, Way. Um, no problem. No problem. Uh, look, yes, your team probably can go out with the garbage and collect it on in the, in the fucking Tuesday bins. But, like, the reality is, like, a lot of the fucking NFL games have been insane and ridiculous and make no sense and all teams have been this weird inefficient sloppy football that i didn't think anybody of us really expected to see i mean the giants won without a fucking quarterback (laughs) um green bay looks like they're good but they barely beat fucking new england i mean like denver is just pure anatomical ass and that was something that no one was fully expecting i will say russell wilson did have three total touchdowns this week so like not his whole ass but partial ass was exposed and the jets are good let me remind everyone the jets are good i think that's fake that's not real and that's exactly why i'm saying why is this happening why is fake real right now we're in the upside down this is inception i just want to point out something little bit unrelated um if uh if tyler higby doesn't go off tonight i'm your new number one first you're the place. new sacco uh no that'd be tom oh you're the anti-sacco because i'm pretty sure jordan is going to win this week yes so that means tom is most likely going to be in last place have, have you been scraping by though because like the other no. teams have been underperforming or you no I actually straight I actually, up fucking like shootouts like like I've been getting, which is why I'm disappointing. Everyone. No, I think I think I'm gonna be I think I'm gonna be close to, if not the highest point total in the league. So, because uh, fucking Geno Smith, thirty one point seven last night. How that's how right. the, you shouldn't just you shouldn't, but that's like such a fucking whim. How did you <laughs> expect that to happen? Seattle. Yeah, but like, and Detroit. Like you're talking about Detroit's defense, which has been giving up the most points in the NFL. Fair. So but their I said, offense is fire right now. It is, but like they 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 have given up the most points and they have scored the most points and given up the most points. So I said, Seattle, Geno Smith hasn't been that bad. People are like just shitting on him because he's Geno Smith. So I was like, it's gonna be. I thought it was gonna be somewhat of a shootout, so there was gonna be a lot of scoring opportunities on a bad defense. So. I put him in there mainly because I also didn't have any other options because Jameis, literally, for context, I started the year with Trey Lance, injured. Dead. Justin Fields, my backup, awful. And then I picked up Jameis Winston, out. 
So, so stop picking up quarterbacks because you're killing them. I picked up Jimmy. Careers. I picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. He did. The nothing. rest of us have no options left. <laughs> At least you guys have starters. I don't got jack shit. You know what? I'm I'll, starting I'll tell Geno you what. Smith. I'll, I'll give you Derek Carr. All right, because that guy is doing jack shit these days. He's fucking. I have Zach Wilson sitting on the bench right now, and he did better coming off of an injury than fucking Derek Carr has done all year. So if I can explain myself here. Oh, yeah, um, that was the question. I, I have. Wanted, I just wanted I have, to point out that I started Geno Smith and he went off. So I just wanted to point that out. I mean, I think that's that is like if you're going to time starting Geno Smith, you hit home. Like, I don't think that's going to happen again. Who knows? But I think if you're going to start a guy who hadn't been a starter in the league for like, what, eight years, this was the game to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. The Saints are dead to me. The whole fucking team is dead to me. <laughs> so, I love is nice though. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> Out of principle, guilty by association. That was that so, was another team that uh, doesn't have a fucking quarterback and Yeah. Ugh. So, I woke up at 7:30 on Sunday morning <laughs> with the full expectation that Alvin Kamara was going to play. So, I didn't check anything. It, the whole week is like he's expected to play, he's expected to play, he's expected to play. Um, and then fucking nine o'clock rolls around, and I'm like, what the fuck? And apparently the Saints deactivated him for the fucking game. I had no idea. So that's zero points for me right there. Meanwhile, so- I could have put Madison or Rashad Penny, who has done dick all year long, gave me no reason yeah. to start him. And he goes off with 27 points on my bench. I, I had a feeling because last year, like literally one of the last games last year, he faced Detroit and he fucking ripped them into asshole. So I was like, like I feel like Penny's going to go off. And I didn't start him because he's fucking Rashad Penny. And of course he goes off. Um, but I will say, though, Tom, you are justified in this because there are circumstances like obviously like London games are always a fucking pain in the ass because yeah. they start so early on the East Coast. I mean, on the fucking West Coast, they start even earlier. But especially because if you look at the reports prior to the game, like the night before where, you know, they typically have like an idea. It was he said they were expected to play like Schefter and all those guys were basically saying like. Yeah, we expect him to play. The, the, the mood around everyone was that he was going to play. Yes. And then all of a sudden, hour before the game, he's inactive, and it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So you are justified in that. The other problem that I have, too, is the guys that I have on my team, like Terry McLaurin and Kyle Pitts, they're, and Garrett Wilson, too, they're, Kyle Pitts. their teams are quarterbacked by functional fucking idiots. If you look at the lines of Marcus Mariota and Carson Wentz, you would think they were doing lines before this game. I don't understand why Marcus Mariota is still a starter. I don't know why they haven't given up on him and said thanks but no thanks because you you don't throw the ball at all, and when you do, you don't hit anybody. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why they just don't give the ball to Desmond Ritter and be like, hey, go out and play. And Carson Wentz... I hope, I hope he breaks both of his legs and they have to start either Taylor Heineke or <laughs> Sam Howell. Sam Howell, please give me a reason to hope. 
I'll take Taylor Heineke. Like, at least he won games for them. He got them into the playoffs one year, for fuck's sake. I don't know why Carson Wentz is on this team. I don't know why anybody gives him any kind of, like, reasonable doubt that he's going to be a productive player. He sucks. He's not good. Can we end this fucking storyline of him, like, just going out there and being one of the guys? Fuck him. He's trash. <laughs> and he's fucking up Terry McLaurin's season and Kyle Pitts' season. Well, this whole season's a fuck up. If I can defend Carson Wentz here for a second. No, and I, and no, no, <laughs> no. This is not a Carson Wentz fan we, show. We know, I, we know I'm how not much a fan. You, you are a Carson Wentz stan. No, no, I'm not. You're, you're, he, a, you're a stan on like his first year with a new team. But let's be fair for a second. The bad, no. la- the last two no. games, <laughs> the last two games have been against Philadelphia and Dallas, both teams that have, aside from ridiculous defensive lines that get a lot of sacks, they also have top end corners, and Terry McLaurin is the number one target. So it's just the nature of the beast that guy on my team, Curtis Samuel, reaping all the benefits from. So, so. Carson Wentz's entire career before this point gave you no indication that he's not any good. He he at least was like putting up garbage time points the the first few weeks, but you look at Dallas and Philadelphia, like I mean, it's you know it's not even close. Well, to be fair, he's only had one good game so far, and that was against Detroit, which is <laughs> fucking Detroit. Yeah, start your anybody start anybody versus Detroit. Because, like, they can't stop fucking anybody. So, I will say, though, the Danger Witch came out this weekend and got me 27 points, which I can't be mad at. And at the end of the day, like, he didn't throw for a ton of yards, but I don't think that's the way that our league is designed right now. So, if he's getting touchdowns, I'm okay with 27 points. Every is there week. is there anybody more cringe in the NFL than Russell Wilson? I'm not saying he's a bad dude. Who? Some people are like, Philip really- Rivers was that guy. Was he as more as as cringe though as Russell Wilson? Yeah, uh, yeah, he was pretty cringe. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins be- is more corn to me. Yeah, he's yeah, he's corny, but yeah, like- more coals, more coals. <laughs> he's he's more. I would say he's more corny than than cringe because like Russ in anything he does feels fake. Like yes. it feels so forced and put on. That like that subway commercial, my God, man, it is so bad. I, I think that actually that's exactly the problem he's suffering with is that he's trying to do these promotions and he's so bad at it and he's worried way more about it than he needs to be. And it's like transparently affecting how he's playing because he sounds like a fucking loser in those commercials, and it's like translating to what happens to him it's on the spicy. fucking field. I would love if somebody made Russell Wilson reenact that scene from the Dahmer series. We're going to hang out. We're going to eat Subway sandwiches, and we're going to watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Someone did do that. I put that on last night, and it was such a mistake. I fucking turned it. I turned it off midway through that scene. I was like, this is just fucking torturous. Well, do we want to get into that now, or do we want to wait? To be fair, I have not 
I, we can wait, but like I to be fair, I have I watched like half of the first episode and I was like, I can't watch anymore. Of this. Okay. It's, so gratu- it's gratuitous. Almost. Yeah, like, we, we will certainly get to that, Q, because I think the three of us have some things to say about that. And we were talking yeah. about that in the Discord channel. But I want to touch on football related stories, um, not necessarily games per se, but the the two big headlines from this weekend were the um, Giants are three and one. The Giants are three and one and are the ugliest people in the bar, <laughs> but they stick around the longest. <laughs> um, but it's the um, the trauma specialist that um, evaluated Tua on oh. Sunday has been fired. Um, apparently, the team saying that he had a back injury is a lie now. Um, and then the there's that conversation right now about how the Dolphins handled Tua's concussion, then subsequent second concussion. Hang on. I'm not done yet. But then the other one, too, and I don't know if this one has gotten nearly enough traction, is that J.J. Watt had a fucking like heart arrhythmia that they had to shock him back. And that's not the scary part. Well, it's scary that he chose to play. But the scary part was is that somebody within the Cardinals front office or within the organization leaked it to the press. And I watched that post-game interview that he had where he's just really emotional and upset about it. And I wanted to get your thoughts. Let's start with let's start with that first. Like, what do you guys think about? the situation that happened with J.J. Watt and how the media has since covered it. I wanted to first mention he has AFib, which I, my, my mom has AFib. And it's in like, a regular heartbeat, right? Yeah. And, and like, she's had that procedure done where, like, they, like, shock. It's not, like, a major procedure. It's like a – they kind of just zap you, and it's supposed to, like, put it back in normal sinus rhythm. I've had um, AFib. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, like, it can come and go, and, like, it can be dangerous if you don't manage it and make sure like you figure out any other like factors that might be like leading to it but like just having it is not like it's not like it's not a death sentence or anything like that um but I yeah think this was an emergency afib though like something which is which is more serious yeah. than yeah so that that's much different the fact that like i don't know who leaked it it could be it could have been somebody at the hospital it could have been somebody who works within the organization um I don't see the benefit in doing that because now, I mean, I'm guessing that like, I know a lot of people say this, but I feel like that's a violation of HIPAA. It is. Um, I know, I know everyone likes to throw the HIPAA word around. I don't, I'm not a HIPAA expert, but I feel like that is. And uh, it's, it's really fucking like just mean. And I don't see the benefit because you're going to get fucking sued. You're going to lose a lot of money for what clout. Well, if he's self-declaring this to the team, like it, it's a different story than if his doctor or medical professional leaked it or if someone saw it on his records and then leaked it. Like yeah. those are two very different. Like if he reported it to the team, they could do whatever they want with that information. It's not the same at that. He, point. Disclo- he disclosed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a different. Story. So, so that's why, like, I don't know if there's any legal re- like ramifications. I wonder if like, look, some, you worry that this is a risk for your team. You put it out there. So people see this and then it's, it's, it's not, it's not as much like the team disclosed it in case something fucking came up at this point. Right. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa." like someone threw up the red flag on this one. Right. I don't know if that necessarily translates the same way, but I could see them thinking they're covering their ass in the guise of pretending 
that they just want to do the right thing and make people aware. See, I get it. Like, but the other thing is, is like NFL teams have all of the power in any situation. If they didn't want somebody to play, they could tell them. They could just deactivate them. Right. I I think though, and I'm going to take a different path to this, but I'm looking at it more from the media side of things. Is that not every single story needs to be covered? And granted. My understanding of HIPAA is that if you are an individual that has this medical situation and you disclose it to somebody, that person is no longer required to keep things confidential based on HIPAA. However, though, there is like a sense of like, why did you feel the need to report this? Is this in fact the news that you want? It's one thing if it's like he's got a shoulder injury that he's dealing with. It's another thing that like, hey, this guy went into a pretty serious situation in the hospital. He wants to keep this kind of confidential because it's a little scary and it's a personal matter. But I think this is, again, like football media doesn't really care. They're just all about like getting to the story. I, the, 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 okay. So like the thing that sticks out, this is, this is a, you know, physical athlete. This is a, a, a top elite athlete, right? Like, Having AFib, which I'm probably gonna have to say, JJ, lay off the pre workout, um, because that shit will give you fucking AFib for sure. Um, like, that is kind of a scary thing for an NFL player to, to be dealing with and to, to be so, like, he, he'd rather play than not fucking, like, you know, take a week off. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why don't you just take a week after something like that, even if it's minor, even if it's just to just check all bases, make sure yeah. in a week. Kyler like, Murray's not what, reading the playbook. I don't know why you're worried about that. Dude, game. <laughs> you know, like people get injured and go out for for days and weeks. It's like, you know, like, yeah, the team might suffer from you not being there. But like the reality being like you should really take care of yourself first and not put your job before your fucking life, man. You know, like regardless of what pl- like level you play at. And if people call you a bitch for sitting out for undisclosed reasons, like, you know, fuck them anyhow. I, I, I yeah. assume, I assume that he just wants to play as a default. And most likely what he did was he probably spoke to the team doctor and his doctor and said, can I play? And they were probably, they probably said yes, based upon like, maybe they were like saying like, yeah, you probably should sit out. But like, if you want to, you can. But we like, don't know the full story. Which no, is we don't. Half of this, we don't know what but happened internally. What's What's weird though is that like I don't see like I like I was saying before I don't see the benefit. Like, what did this person get out of by leaking it? Other, if, if it's we, the employer, then okay. But like, it still doesn't really make like JJ Watt at this point is not like he's not the hundred million dollar man he used to be. Where it's like, oh, they're trying to get out of the contract or something. Like the Giants should do with Kenny Galladay at this point, but like, I don't like other than that. Like maybe someone like can like gets clout out of this or got paid for it or something. It's not worth it because like of like yeah, there maybe there are no legal ramifications, but there could be. Well, it strikes me as blood money at this point, though. I'm sorry, Gato, I interrupted you. So fucking weird. Like I, but I'm I'm looking at this like we don't have the full story. We get we get what we we get from whoever leaked this we don't get the full details we and i don't. feel like the right. one piece we're we're not getting is like look Tua did have a back issue 
The back of his neck, however, was the issue. <laughs> the back of his skull hurt. Yeah, that's that's the problem, right? Like, and... I I like they have to implement a rule where it's like if you start walking, like if you remember last year against Dallas, like Daniel Jones had that head injury, and like he started wobbling. The minute you wobble, you're out. Like yeah. you're not coming back in. I don't care if you pass concussion protocols, quote unquote, you're out. You're done. But like look at the very real consequence of the Miami Dolphins doctor got for misdiagnosing that. And if you're a little worried about a situation with an AFib, well, now that everybody knows that this was what happened and the player chose to still play, regardless of the medical information that was probably presented to them, well, now you kind of have a case that you try to do the right thing, right? So, yeah. But That's... I think there was um there was that conversation that I shared with you all in our Discord channel that Mike Tomlin was talking about um Ryan Clark playing in Denver with sickle cell anemia and Ryan Clark wanted to play. And Mike Tomlin said essentially like I held you from that game because I have a responsibility to my players. In some cases, it's not to play you for your own safety. And I know that we're gonna start to dip into the Dolphins thing right now, but at a certain point, like there is a level of responsibility that teams and doctors have to tell players that you can't play because the, as you say, Q, the default for players in any league is they want to play regardless of how they feel. They want to be out there. because they know that this is their job and that if they, if they're not available, ultimately they're expendable. I want to point out also, I don't know if you guys saw this Cameron Brait, the tight end for the bucks last night um, came out with a shoulder injury, went back in. He ended up having a concussion. So they didn't sure. even they didn't even check him for it apparently because he didn't show quote unquote symptoms. But like this is the problem is that I think I think even when you think about like the protocols, they're kind of broken. Like it needs to be kind of redone. Which is why when Mike Tomlin decides that he's done coaching, he should really be in charge of like the ethics for the NFL. <laughs> well, Tony Tony Dungy ripped the NFL last night because he said like it was very clear after break got hit that he got his bell rung and it was like, how do you not even check him for it? And then yeah. like, it came out and they were like, Oh, he wasn't showing symptoms and he didn't say anything about his head. He was about his shoulder. And it's like, well, like you need to have somebody watching that. Like if you see a play where like guy looks like he gets pretty, hit pretty hard in the head, got to pull him out and check him. And, and even if he passes protocols, like, I mean, you got to make a, smart judgment call as, there. as as much of a devil's advocate i on this one it is i think that they're doing more of that we've seen them do more of that this year they're they they see a bad hit and they've reacted even in ways that are more proactive than in in other years however i want to say that players are hitting harder this year like that's <laughs> There, there's been a lot of helmet to helmet hits too have you all yeah. picked up on that and i've seen that yeah. in more in college football than in like the professional, but not to like detract from this conversation, but every college football game that I've watched this year, there has been at least one person that was ejected for a helmet to helmet hit or a targeting call. Targeting. Yeah. And I, I get that you are the, the both college and professional are cracking down on these kinds of hits. But in some cases, like, there's no way to prevent them from happening. And, like, offensive players will drop their head 
and the defensive players have to adjust like within nanoseconds. And in some cases, like that's not like I was going for your shoulder. Now I'm going for your skull. Tyrod Taylor went fucking limp in that game. I will say though that he was that was a dumb that, that was a that dumb was, fucking move. That, that was not on the defensive. It, was, it wasn't on the defender. No. It was a dumb fucking move, and the defender had every right to hit him the way he did. Especially <laughs> like, especially like if you're the backup quarterback and you know your quarterback's injured, and obviously Daniel Jones was injured. Like you have to know to not be like rec- like they didn't like Davis Webb is the third quarterback. He's a practice squad guy. He's not dressed, so no. he's not he can't come into the game. So it's like you need to be like a little smarter and not like dive head first recklessly. <laughs> I don't just... that yesterday's game was fucking insane. I just <laughs> that that end play was amazing. I know. Oh god. But it was like the 40 minute fucking 40 second long fucking <laughs> it was so... it was rugby. It was pure rugby at that Yeah, point. it was kind of rugby-ish. But I uh, so... but but yeah, so speaking like kind of put a bone from what where my perspective is that first things first got to figure out who did it and if it's somebody on the team like they need to send pretty bold declaration that like it was not and again even if they're not violating hippo which maybe they weren't it's not their fucking business to put out so like if you're going to be like sending a sign of good faith to jj watt person probably should be fired yeah and as far as the Tua situation do you all have any thoughts on that whole thing in terms of them deciding to play him again and then him getting concussed again within four days on a short week. Yeah. So like he got hurt on Sunday and then like he wasn't even in concussion protocol and then he played on Thursday. It, I don't know. I like, you know, I don't fully understand like what goes on between games for, for NFL teams, but I feel like every, every player after games, like during that week at some point should be medically evaluated for any little thing that even if it's not a big deal, like a fucking hangnail or something, they should, everything should be like medically evaluated and documented to make sure. And like, if there is something like that, there's always got to be some, some sort of follow up regardless. And I don't know how much of that actually happened over the week for Tua. Like I I know that there's none. Like that's and that's that's probably why they decided it's easier to just fire the doctor and and make it look like he was the fucking problem. But it's probably more of a systemic thing in total. However, that guy did fuck up royally for not paying any attention to this or for just taking the player's word like word for for, you know, truth and what have you. I mean. I will say, though, if you think about it, like at a certain point, these teams are going to do whatever it takes to win, even if that means, you know, being a little lax when it comes to um, some of the safety protocols and the medical stuff. I mean, they all say they want to be for player safety, but at the same time, like everyone's trying to go to the playoffs. Was this the team doctor or was this the independent? um... It was the unaffiliated neurological consultant. Okay. Which yeah, the NFL I, hired, so yikes. Yeah, because like I mean, obviously it was it was a smart. I think it was a smart thing that they did was putting the independent uh, counsel in there because like obviously like he's not affiliated with the Dolphins, so he's going to tell you like I don't give a shit about your team. Like I'm keeping yeah. this player out. Yeah, but like something's wrong to where he, like if you're missing like that play, 
and him wobbling and shit. And you like, you're like, yeah, go right back in. And it's like, go get him slugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you good I, champ. <laughs> he goes, my I, name is Tua. And he goes, uh-huh. Get out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. The problem, you know, I don't know what their evaluation questions are. Cause, uh, if if the score is zero zero and they ask him what's the score, you know, I think they ask pass, you what right? your name is, what what year is it, who's the president. I what, could do that. I th- I, th- I I think that, I think I could too. That's the problem is that like you have. To, I think Dude, I think I think they look for like the eyes starting to like wander. These, and these guys that. are the twenties. They've only seen fucking three presidential terms. Come yeah. on, <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah, how old? Like, who can't be more than like twenty four or twenty five? Like they weren't making memories during Obama's first fucking administration, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, exactly. To a spell your last name. Actually, don't answer that. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? That would be hard for any of us. Um, yeah. You know, I think this conversation gets to be a little bit more uh, casual had that injury, like, because that injury ended up being that he walked out of that hospital that night. But when that when he got hit and if you watch it in in if you watch the replay of of that sack um at full speed it is fucking it is brutal he Both fucking too he hits it he hits the the turf hard and um and and honestly i thought i thought like that was the end of this i thought that was the end of a career we watched to his career just end right there and i didn't know if he had fucking the ability to feel things in his hands or his his legs because as they're taking him off the field you notice that the one trainer is actually like poking at his fingers while talking to him which is a common indication that they're testing for um some sort of issue with nerves or a uh you know something a spinal injury of some sort yeah his right? fingers were all bunched up which is like uh it's called yeah. fencing yeah, when, like, right. yeah they they end up in strange positions and they're like right in front of your face or you're stretched out yeah but yeah i mean it's it's pretty scary that again we are still having the same conversation after all of these rules were implemented but also i mean it's a it's a it's a dangerous sport but it becomes more dangerous when people are just not paying attention and doing the work that they're supposed to do. Yeah. I, I also laughed when Jim, John Harbaugh was like, I would have never have done that. Keep in mind, he played Joe Flacco like 10 days after a severe concussion, like relax guy. Like there, there, I can't imagine if you've been in the league long enough, like you at one point have endorsed for a guy to go back in with a concussion. I feel like yep. it's, it's almost like it's, there's no way you have it. So yeah, like the grandstanding is a little weird. Um, what do you, what do you think the, uh, the end result of this investigation into the situation will be though? I will draft, be shocked. Draft if we, I, I will be shocked if we hear anything after this week. No, I, I think draft picks are gonna get are gonna get taken away from the Dolphins, and um, I think they already got draft pick taken away for the Brian Flores thing. So mm-hmm. probably another one, um, huge fine. But Stephen Ross is a fucking billionaire, so it's like I don't know. This might this this could be. I'm, I'm maybe like more hopeful. But like this could be like uh, was it Robert Sater who owns the Suns? Sarver. Sarver, yeah. excuse me. 
Robert Sarver. This could be a Robert Sarver type situation where the league starts putting pressure on him to sell. They're already kind of doing that with Daniel Snyder in Washington. So, you know, they could be trying to push these guys out. So, Which, jumping to a different but, topic here. Yeah, we 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 haven't touched on this one, and this is a pretty controversial sports topic. Um, the Giants are three and one. Uh, that's not controversial as much as an anomaly. Um, <laughs> winning the, is winning. Vin Diesel, Fast and the Furious. Look it up. I mean, one of, watch one it. Of the, Love one it. Of the most you know, poetically verbose lines of any movie of all time. Um. The Celtics coach being suspended. Mm. We've never touched on this one. Um, and I want to know your guys' feelings because we haven't even had really much of a conversation be- be- behind just, you know, that there was articles or what have you, you know. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh my to, god! To be, for anybody who's, who is not seeing it, I paired it's a Photoshop picture of Vin Diesel with Daniel Jones's face over it, saying "Winning is winning." Anyway, yes, keep going, God. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just, you know, um, yeah. It, so, what's your feelings here? I, I, I don't think we know the full story yet. Because they've been keeping it like the way Brad Stevens has been kind of talking about this has been like it's none of your fucking business, you know. Well, like, apparently it was our business because they announced it, right? But like they, but the they they announced that he's been suspended, but they've been very careful not to. They said he had an inappropriate relationship with a female staffer, and of course, people do the absolute fucking worst thing possible. Which is they um, they start trying they start looking at the Celtic staff trying to figure out who it is, and of course you know we don't know who it is so ultimately you can get some friendly fire that this you know poor people that don't have any involvement in the situation start getting blamed for things, um, but like they haven't really released like what he did and if it was bad because but I, the one point thing I'll point out is that Matt Barnes, um, when he was a very early defender. Um, I can't. Was his, his name's Ima? How do you pronounce his name? Ima Udoku. Ima Udoka. Udoka. He was a very early supporter, and then he said that he received some information that changed his mind. He deleted all his tweets about it. Now, maybe this is him just being like, "Ooh, I got a secret, and I'm not going to tell you guys." You know, just trying to get you know, like likes and whatever. But I feel like there's something going on. That we we don't know about, but also like the most important thing, he's like in a relationship with Neil Long. Who cheats on Neil Long? Um, considering I don't know her, I guess I would. I don't know who this is. So she's, uh, she's an actress. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't cheat on actresses. Like actors cheat on actresses all the time. I'm just saying. She's other hot celebrities though, okay. cheat on other celebrities all the time. I'm just saying what? she's hot. Why, okay? why are you? Why are you trying to say that celebrities are another class of people in I'm which not. the rules do not apply to, I'm and not. therefore we're not allowed to cheat on them? I'm not saying that. You should I'm just be allowed saying, to cheat on them as much I'm just as everyone that she's hot. on everybody else. I'm just saying she's hot, and I wouldn't cheat on her. All right, you're lying. You're not making that point. I'm making that point for you. You're welcome. See how cool. I did that? Sure. See how I did that? Yeah. Anyhow. Um, 
I think the thing that I am a little surprised at is why not just fire him? Some I think some people feel like that's going to be the inevitability. That- I don't, yeah, like I don't understand why you make this whole um, song and dance about he's been suspended for a whole year, which is a lifetime in the NBA, and you're expecting him to come back and everyone's just all copacetic about this. I but don't, it, under, I don't understand it. And it's weird. And frankly, is it because like, he's good. I mean, did the Celtics, have they done anything under his, they went to the finals last year. Yeah. They didn't win. <laughs> I mean, I guess not, but I mean, here's the thing. We're like, not expected to go to the finals. Last no, year. here's the thing though, is that I, of all of the sports, I think probably the least dependent on a coach is probably professional basketball. And I, regardless of whether they went to the finals or not, I think it's strange that they would suspend him for a year for something that is so socially unacceptable now, which is like workplace harassment. And for, it's it's not like it's not like uh, what's his face, um, Saints head coach um, Payton. Sean Payton gets suspended for a year for their whole like. Um, the bounty, the, the bounty, bounty gate thing, yeah. but this is like a non-basketball related issue that it creates a hostile work environment. And in any other circumstance, these people will probably let go. I think it's just weird for me that the Celtics said we're going to suspend you for a year and expect everything to be normal again when you come back. I think they, if they wanted to do this correct and make it a non-story, they would have just fired him and said we're moving on. I, yeah. I if I'm guesstimating, it's because he's a good because they like him as a head coach that they're willing to forego this. Like Tom, you're a Knicks fan. I'm not saying Isaiah Thomas was a good coach, but clearly James Dolan had an affinity for him. He cost him ten million dollars in that sexual harassment lawsuit, and he still was trying to stick by him. So. You know how these organizations get when they find a guy that they like. I do, and that's probably a really unhealthy like comparison, but it's most <laughs> definitely true. Um, I don't know; it just seems so strange. Like, first off, like your HR department sucks if this somehow gets out without the Celtics being able to say anything. Um, and then, second, regardless of whether ownership likes him or not, I th- I don't think the climate is permitted to do anything like this. If you, if it was, if there was something that was going to happen and you wanted to keep him around, I think you need to come out with like a joint statement where he comes and owns his shit and you move on. And he says like, I had an inappropriate workplace relationship with a colleague. I took it too far. I sincerely apologize. I'll take any punishment that's out there. I think people would be more willing to be like, okay, let's like throw him like a 25 game fine and or suspension. And then he can come back. It's, there hasn't been anything from his side or anything of that nature. They just like, yeah, he's suspended. There you go. So Yahoo is saying that he used. um... Yeah. So I think no one got the right story to begin with because what was initially led to believe was that it was consensual and more information now is showing that he was sending, you know, um, unwanted messages and using um, inappropriate language, crude language towards 
towards her and she is a female subordinate right so yeah this is a power level issue as well as just a in general a, a fucking bad situation to begin with so there's that component which makes it you know much more of a organizational issue to start with right that's why i just don't understand why don't they just fire him like well, I the more, also... the more that comes out, the worse this looks. And in all likelihood, the Celtics had all of this information, and now it looks like they're trying to save their own asses and make it like a convenient way to, like, suspend themselves, but uh, suspend him, but also get something out of it in the long run, instead of like doing the hard thing and getting rid of him. Gato, you're a Celtics fan. What do you want to see them do? Um. Like now that now that more information came out, I think I think what they were doing initially was they were trying to investigate the situation. They said, you're suspended till we get a better understanding of it. But the media got hold of it. I think actually it was that a player spoke up about it and he was like, yeah, I think they were having a relationship. And that's where that this whole confusion comes from with it. Um at this point, I, I'm I'm very much with Tom in that we might as well just, you know, get rid of the situation because it's going to loom over the next, you know, it, when he comes back, like, it's going to still be an issue. Um, everything he does will be scrutinized. Every single, every single time that there's a failure in the organization or something, it will come back to this. Um, I've... You know, it's funny because when everybody was first reacting to this, they were like, oh, I don't get it. Fucking, he was just having a relationship with some chick. Like, oh, like, that I don't was, understand that the was big the, fucking deal. That was the and, overwhelming um, original feeling. Yeah, like the original sentiment was that, like, oh, props to him for, for getting some at work. Like, oh, like, and, and. The reality is, like, I, I thought that the Celtics were doing, at that time, I actually believe the Celtics were doing what they should have done, which is if you violate any part of their employee conduct policy, you are going to see some sort of, you know, penalty or you're going to, you know, you're, there's going to be some sort of consequence. And I think that that's just good. That's that's good organizational housekeeping, regardless of the situation, regardless mm -hmm. of who it is. Um, and now I, I'm probably with Tom and saying, hey, it actually sounds like they want to keep a winner around, even if it's not good for the brand. And that's actually going to do the opposite of what I thought it was initially the reaction of why they were doing this in the first place. So, yeah, that's kind of where I mean, hey, like he did a lot with a group that, you know, no one was no one was putting their money on to, to get to the finals last year. I, I I can't imagine that anyone's too happy with this whole situation. Um, yeah, it just. Uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that like it, he should just be fired and call it a day. At this point, it it is it is just a like I mean you know what, honestly I I hope they fucking keep him because I fucking hate the Celtics so. Um, I mean, I hope it looms over them. Like a dark cloud Let's, and ruins their fucking franchise. Like, if he could figure out a way to write this and justly take his punishment, maybe if he could if he could prove that 
he had learned <clears throat> his lesson and the consequences were just for all of this, I, I'd be willing to maybe give him a shot down the line. But, like, I think, like, the way John Gruden handled his situation is probably how he needs to handle this one if he actually gives a shit about this organization in any fort away. Sue League? Yeah, it's John just, Gruden like, has, like, denied all of the things. Now he's denying it? Oh, wow. It's like I almost misspoke for a reason. He uh, he, he, <laughs> sued, he sued the NFL. For and, the release uh, of that information, huh? Yeah. Wow. You, you should, um, you should uh, read the... You should read the transcript of the statement that he made at it's like something in Arkansas that they have where he was a guest speaker and he was like basically like, you know, I've tried so hard in my life to be a good person and now I'm like a victim or some bullshit like that. Basically saying how I'm like so, I'm the, so world, I'm so the world has wronged him. <laughs> Fuck you, guy. Bro, he, he ah, I guarantee he still ball. got all of that money from the, the Raiders. I guarantee a they thousand percent. And that was what ten years, hundred million he got from the mm -hmm. Raiders. So like, bro, just take your fucking sixty something years old, go join Sean Hannity and fucking cry <laughs> about Sean, it. Sean take your fucking hundred dollar bills and wipe your fucking tears with your eyes. I don't. I'm so fucking tired Wait. of these rich assholes who get quote unquote canceled are just fucking bitching and but, fucking moaning. But, like, he canceled himself. <laughs> I can't wait. He was I, using company email to send racist himself. shit. You made a mistake. Uh, fucking own it. I can't wait for John Gruden to um, do, like, a collab with Brett Favre. And they oh, do, like, the, the fired quarterback coach or whatever the fuck except they're gonna do it on like newsmax or something like that I, I want them i want them to go halvesies on buying universal studios after it's like the floods have received. they'll both they'll both get fired for embezzlement afterwards and like it, it's just it's just crazy man because like like i saw an article the other day that was like it was something about like how canceled people are on like like they're not, they're not. There's no avenues for them to become uncanceled, and they talked about Louis C.K. Yeah, there is. Um, it's Substack, <laughs> but 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 like they're talking about in society, not like in yeah, general. monetarily. They mentioned Louis C.K. I'm like, he won a fucking Grammy this year. This year he won a Grammy. Like fuck you. I fucking, yeah. I can't all of these. All of these people go and say how canceled they were but they do it on a four and a half hour fucking joe rogan podcast he, and i'm he waiting just for on, he was on a show i like he was on they your mom's house which is tom segura and christina Bizitsky, his wife they had louis ck on and he was sitting there and like they don't i don't i don't i didn't even watch he was, it. i was he, i wasn't, he wasn't gonna give it a click well he wasn't sitting there he was he was actually standing in the corner jerking off yeah he was he was jacking off in the corner the whole, right? the whole exactly. time just just over christina's shoulder just, he's like look at me don't look at me he was staring look directly at, at tom the whole time <laughs> he's staring at the camera like don't look at me but do he's like i'm not really here <laughs> yeah I'm just so tired of hearing that people are canceled. When, well, like you are a hundred million dollar heir. Well, it's it's really funny because like us saying that shit, we could probably get sued by him for it. For what? And like 
Good for us making this joke about him, like doing what he got canceled for. We no, can now get sued for. <laughs> no, because I think there's a reasonable expectation if you're joking, which we clearly are, that you can't sue somebody over a joke. Yeah, but that's like their that's you know yeah. lawsuit. Yeah, by the way, because anti cancel culture co- like move. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the thing. Like now, oh, I just sue everybody that has. I've got five. I've got five dollars. So if he wants five dollars, he can have it. Yeah. What? What is half of nothing? Because that's all I got to give. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But (laughs) I had another point with this one actually. Um. Oh yeah. So a lot of these guys, though, they they, their whole point is that they're they're rallying against like the conformists by, but they're being conformists of themselves at this point for this, right? Like. To say that like cancel culture is this this thing and that we're all conforming to means that you're conforming to this point or this one idea about it. Like it's not, and it's every every situation in which someone's been canceled is truly unique. I have I don't see one that is exactly similar to another. There like, are also like in history people who have said or done stupid shit who have like disappeared off the face of the earth. Like yeah. it's not a new phenomenon that people are held accountable for the things that they say and the things that they do. It's just now we have such a fucking grievance culture where oh I was quote unquote canceled for being an absolute lunatic on Twitter or saying something that is regrettable. And now I'm just going to blame the people that held me accountable for it. Like this, it's amazing. Like the victimhood that some of these folks have when it comes to like, they, they expect that they do not have to answer for any of the things or the things that they have done. They just go off of it and be like, Oh, I wasn't allowed to do it. Therefore I'm canceled. Therefore the world is a shitty place. And what drives me nuts about it, too, is that, like, it's not even – it's people's reaction, which is usually their biggest problem, right? So it's the way people react to the action, right? The thing that somebody said or the thing that somebody did, which is ultimately a visceral response that someone gets when they hear something, right? So, like, why are you policing how people respond to you? Like, Dave Chappelle, like, for is a perfect example of this. He's gotten $25 million for every single Netflix special he's done, which is an mm-hmm. absurd amount of money. And like set not only his children, his children's children and whatever. He was mad that people got mad at him for the jokes that he was making about trans people. Why do you fucking care? Because ultimately it's actually paying your people getting aggrieved by you is actually paying your bills. People getting mad and angry about it is what keeps you relevant and keeps money in your pocket. So it's like, why do you care so much? What people like, you should just keep doing it. And ultimately you'll keep getting paid. Unless people- they don't care about the reaction of people, but they use that as a way of getting paid. Possible, right? becomes- possible. But like, he doesn't have to do that. He's not, he has, he, he's under no situation where he needs to respond. Right. Because like, and like all he does is bitch and complain about people. Like maybe it's just part of his act now, and maybe he's just using it for material. But, but Dave like, Chappelle was money. rich before all of this controversy. That's never stopped anybody from wanting. I, I'm money. not. I'm not saying that it hasn't. But you look at somebody like um, who is the person off the Mandalorian that got kicked off the show? Gina Carano. Perfect example. By the way, in like, uh, in the new Joe Biden movie. By the way, yeah. 
who she basically which, looks like Ron DeSantis. We have to. She does. <laughs> we, which we have. My son Hunter. We have to watch it and then review my it on here. I'm a hundred percent down it's, for that. It looks so fucking good, man. I need to. I need to see it. It's yeah. The just, problem is that I'm only gonna do it if I can rip it off of like a torrent site, and you know that that's gonna be a virus. <laughs> there's no there, there's not gonna be one copy out there that won't be like a like hardware eating virus i'm sure um, you can find it in the 99 section uh send section at walmart we're gonna have to go to like a family video but you have to pay that for that in cash though because don't, you don't want you don't want joe biden seeing that you've bought it listen I, here jack i saw you saw that movie i'm going <laughs> no i'm gonna go sit in the otb down the road for like two weeks waiting for the guy with the bootlegs to walk in I and then i'm gonna get the copy from him i'm confident it will be like the the only movie streaming on spirit air or frontier uh, <laughs> like listen it's either this or stare in front of your your fucking seat for the next three hours you yeah, probably, and, it, no, and you're lucky you had a seat, seat on this plane too you would have had to stand up in the back and hold the chicken <laughs> They I'm were actually working on that, making standing fucking seats. Oh, <laughs> One of those airlines. <laughs> they they will do anything to just pack people in like sardines. It's crazy. I'm actually curious now. Where can you watch my son Hunter? In hell. It's what you die and you just see that on repeat. You know you've made it to hell. I am and like sure, seven circle. I am sure it's on one of those channels that you did not ask for either in your package <laughs> or on your smart TV. Cause they have all the, like, those random like streaming channels on there that you didn't like. It, it wasn't like you were begging and pleading to get them. They just kind of showed up on the TV one day and you're like, I really don't want this, but why is it here? Oh no. You have to go to the website and yeah, that's why it we're off. never doing this. Of course you do. It's sitting behind a paywall on a membership site. Well, you have with... to put in your email, and then they send you an email to buy it. What? My son, my son Hunter. There's no red flags there. You know what we should do? We should take out like a credit card, order it, and then. Cancel it. <laughs> it's like it's. Yeah, get like the Spirit Air credit card and enter your email to so buy we get some, now. Some frequent flyers with them. It's so fucking weird, and like, I'm, which it's so it's you guys watch the trailer for it? No, okay, yeah, I did, I did. It's, it's so very, weird. it is very clearly a like they like someone saw the Wolf of Wall Street and they were like, that's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna break the fourth wall constantly, and like we're gonna like and like Gina Carano's like what a Secret Service agent? Yeah, and like at one point he like smells her hair. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, isn't so that good. like isn't that like part of traditional like mating routines for humans? Because like that's that's how I go about things. Like I don't shake your hand, I smell your hair first. Uh... And if I can't smell your fear, I won't talk to you. I don't so, know. I'm I'm going down a bit of a rabbit hole right now because I'm looking at who the <laughs> director of this movie was. Do you all know the name Robert Davy? No. I know who Robert Davy is only because I've like heard like oh, I've heard things about him before like through like fever dreams and stuff like that. So So he he was one of the FBI agents in Die Hard. Yes. 
the guy with the the guy with the sniper rifle. Yeah. So that's the guy who directed my son Hunter. Yep. My um, son Hunter. I am I am just incredibly floored about no, this whole thing. He's uh he's in post production right now on a movie called Reagan. Oh God. And in 2020 he Who's came out. Who's playing Reagan? Uh, Reagan. Uh, these. These nuts? nuts. Yeah. These nuts. Oh, it's actually a famous actor. An oh, A-list, God. an A-list actor. Anybody want to take a? Anybody want to venture a guess? Oh, what I'm up? Gary Busey. No. No. Look it up. Good, good guess. No. He has a brother who's also a famous actor who is now a crazy shut-in conspiracy theorist. Mike, the situation. No. <laughs> Ronnie from Jersey Shore. It is oh, Dennis Quaid. No. <laughs> I liked Dennis Quaid too, and now he's fucking fully pilled. I don't know if he's fully pilled or like some guys are just taking the money. A lot of people from that era, though, they really love Reagan. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of older people that love Reagan just because he was good for a lot of businesses that people were involved in. Like The film follows Ronald Reagan's life from his childhood to his years as president told by a former KGB agent. God, that's that's weird. That's a weird angle to tell a story from, like the fucking, like thick accent fucking enemy of. Yes, state. today we have Ronald Reagan, a good guy. John Voight's in it, guys. Don't worry, John Voight's in this. Okay. We're saved, thank goodness. Oh my god. Oh, John Voight's in this. Hmm. John Voight's wonder, in it, guys. Wonder what crimes he's like trying to hide. Oh, oh god. Oh so, god. Oh god. Oh, God. This is the best. This is the fucking best. Please tell me Kanye West produced the music on it. In the movie, there is an actor playing Frank Sinatra. And it is not one and only. (laughs) It is Scott Stapp, a.k.a. the lead singer of Creed. With arms wide open. Oh, my God. This might be Morbius. I'm I'm going to see this movie. This might be a Morbius. I saw Morbius, by the way. I don't understand Netflix. why I don't it's understand why the internet went nuts about it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. It's I, just I, bad, right? It's 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 literally the most blah thing I've ever fucking watched. So people people purposely like it just started. They oversold as a, it as terrible to me. Right, but that was the that, no no the the whole point of the joke was that people were hyping it up because it was the blandest worst movie ever. That people made it, they like were purposely trying to get like convince Sony to keep doing more of them, despite no one wanting it. And it was it was merely just like a like an inside joke that kind of like oh. took off, and people started just doing it. Oh, this was this was Wall Street bets goes to the fucking silver. Kind Street. of, yeah, very similar. Oh, but fuck. like, but like Morbin became like a big time joke, and like it's dead now. The joke is completely dead now. But like, it was fu- I thought it was funny. So, but like, yeah, it's, 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 it's it funnier is now completely... that you've explained why that all I know. occurred. Like, thankfully Netflix waited for it to cool so much. The joke wasn't a joke anymore. Well, like that was what the funniest <laughs> part is that like, they actually re-released the movie back in the theaters for a short period of time for like a weekend because they were like, Ooh, there's a lot of buzz going on about this movie. So maybe we can capitalize on it. And the funniest part about it is no one went to fucking see it. 
because like we don't like we don't want to see the movie we don't care about the movie we just like the joke that's it yeah it was a bad experiment gone worse but uh, i mean i hope they make another one i hope they do. i am just, just for the fucking joke still scott's that there's actually a lot of like decent actors and actresses in this Reagan yeah, movie. Pen- yeah, Penelope Ann Mil- Miller and uh, um, she was in Kindergarten Cop, by the way. Mina Savari from American Pie. Yep, Kevin Dillon, C. Thomas Howell. Kevin, D- oh, drama. Yeah, Johnny Drama. He's playing Jack Warner. But I also looked up uh, Xander Berkeley's in it too. He's a big. He's a big lib too. I don't know why he's in this movie. Uh, paycheck. Um, but I looked up Sean McNamara, who is the director. My man, mine as well, have shot fucking like rent-a-center com- commercials. That's what his directorial lineup looks like. I've never heard of any of these movies, and they all look like shit. My favorite Ooh. thing about I just looked. He up did this Three guy's... Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yes. Damn, son. I never saw that one. I only saw the original. Tum Tum. That's the only one to watch. So I looked up this guy, Sean McNamara. My favorite is his personal life on Wikipedia. It just says McNamara is a Catholic. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, since we're on films and just television Wait, and what have you. Do you guys want to have a quick listen party to some Creed music? With arms wide open. I actually I like, like, can you take me higher? Yeah. <laughs> can you take me higher? It was I, can't, I, I can't yeah. see that anymore. I can't hear that song and not see the halftime show. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> so weird. My favorite thing about that band, though, is that like it literally was a perfect capsulation of music in the early 2000s. And it was just like shitty fucking music with some the main singer going like it was really deep guttural fucking like noises. I mean, that was like the that was the sound of like, you know, the lead man of the night. It's a lame. It's a lame Pearl Jam impersonation. Exactly. Do you guys want to take tries at doing the best impersonation? I already did mine a bunch of times, so yeah, guys, go at it. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Can you take me higher? <laughs> oh man, and I, I like, I remember I was I, when I had to like was forced into religious school. Um, they used to like when we would have they'd have like parties, quote unquote, and it's the lamest shit ever. And they would literally, I remember one time I went to the boom box that they had. Yes, a boom box. That's how fucking old we are. Dude. All they had was Creed. I wish I still had boom boxes. Wait, was this in the gym at school? No, it was, uh, it was, uh, St. Jude's. Oh God. My, 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 my parents wanted to, (laughs) my parents wanted me to be exposed to it. And no, no, no. My parents (laughs) were like, we're going to, we're going to make you go, but (laughs) you're going to be pilled. (laughs) No, they only because they were like, we want you to have the opportunity. But if you decide you don't want to, you don't have to. I spend way too much time in that fucking church, man. It turned me into a demon. I fucking hated going. I fucking hated going there so much. So creepy. It always I, smells funny. Oh, God. 
dank and it just like i fucking hated dank. it the teachers musty. hated me no, no, musty. yeah musty is definitely musty. those teachers fucking hated me so much because i just would like they literally were, question everything they were like all the <laughs> teachers by the way like this is the credential for being a uh one of the instructors you like jesus you literally just had to be someone that went to the church and their kid was like going through it you know it's like oh yeah, yeah you just want to teach your kids this so we're gonna ask you to teach other people's kids and like, like oh, i just fuck. i just would like every fucking like turn water into wine i'm like no way like i don't believe lies like <laughs> do you know the fermentation process ma'am are you aware <laughs> of what it takes to turn water he does not own a wine? vineyard ma'am okay do you understand it is physically impossible to turn one fish into many fish without a hatchery? Cons if if conservative Jesus was around, he would have opened up a wine business already. Okay, it would have been a liquor it, store. Everyone knows that. Who, whoever <laughs> whoever is selling Jesus wine, by the way, is the richest person on earth. Whoever's selling the shit that they they give out at the fucking masses is the richest person on earth. That was the one thing I always wanted to do. I was like, oh man, I was like a kid. Yeah, you want to drink from the I cup go. with 150 but, other strangers. You know, it was the it was the kid mindset of like, oh, I can maybe have alcohol as a child, and it's like okay because it's God, and it's like I, I never did, but like it was give me that fucking shitty wafer. I was like, oh, mm. I remember. Oh, so where was I? The body of Christ. Is it gluten-free? I, uh... <laughs> I can't have gluten. Dude, someone took the... You know how like, the, they put... No, you know like the rule? They used to feed it to you. Now Is it vegan? Is it locally sourced? <laughs> is it farm to table? Is this, is this locally sourced body of Christ? <laughs> is, is, is the Lord and Savior's body going to give me a stomachache afterwards? Yes. I don't know what the hell they make that out of. It is not it's like flour bread. and it's like flour and water. That's it. It 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 doesn't even make sense that it's that. Uh oh, it's ooh, I think it's flour and water. So it's a person's are, body, Gato. Please have respect. What is the body <laughs> of Christ? Wait, so you're saying every of. week we're supposed to eat his body and drink his blood? Let me ask you a question. When you get like stoned, <laughs> do you just like look in the cabinet and be like, <laughs> you... "Oh man, body of Christ." <laughs> You ever think that like <laughs> this yo is man, you put a little baby raise <clears throat> like hot sauce on those, like the buffalo wing sauce. That shit. Oh yo, that would bang. Yo, you put some pepper jack on that shit. That shit would bang. You could get these. Wait, order. body of Christ nachos. <laughs> body of Christ nachos title, by the way. You put that Tostitos like cheese on I think top. We're like... bordering dangerously on a Dane Cook joke here. Uh, we flour and water. It's made. Now he would have stolen that from us a while ago. I yeah. do see. I could imagine just like one night, like a very drunken priest just sitting in a, in the rectory, just grabbing handfuls of fucking Eucharist and just watching this. Eating them. Just watching the Seven Hundred Club. Pat Robertson's on. <laughs> you tell them, devil worshippers. Goddamn libs, um, yeah. We we uh, flour and water. That's it. That's it. Salt, That's pepper, it. nothing. No, no seasoning. White people. <laughs> well, Jesus was white, Tom. Of course, he's not gonna have no seasoning on it. Uh, this was a white Jesus church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was very white Jesus church. Like he's from the Middle East. No, 
No, he's from fucking Brooklyn. Technically, <laughs> the Middle Eastern part of the state. Jesus looks like a Brooklyn hipster, like from Iowa, who was originally born in Iowa and moved out to Brooklyn. He's writing all of his catechisms on his typewriter at a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's got a rotary phone, cell phone. God, yeah, I, hope uh, some, I hope someone from the Catholic League hears he, this. He moonlights by playing like uh, cello at the fucking local farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that fucking guy who brings his guitar to the beach on every occasion. Yes. It's got oh, the this? rainbow strap fucking uh, for the he's guitar. Got a, he's, he's got a name for it, too. This is Luann right here. Can you play a song? Well, I only know Wonderwall. I only know Wonderwall. On the top. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So we've asked you to leave multiple times, mostly because you don't know any other songs. He's like, fine, I will. And then he just walks across the ocean. <laughs> he also does a uh, an acoustic version of What I Got by Sublime. Oh, God. Oh, that song rips, though. Yeah, no, I love, I love Sublime. I fucking hate Sublime so much. What? Who hates Sublime? Because... You know what? It was it was like it was almost like in in college there was like almost a level of like it, it's it overplayed. Very it felt very fascist like the way that people treated that song. Like everyone had to sing along to it. Everyone had to like hit it just right. Fucking it was like given way too much reverence and like a lot of the songs that Sublime did did make were very creepy songs that I did not feel right about. We would have like four parties a week and that song would be on all each one of it would if, if we had four parties that week, it was played 16 times. Yes. Well, Tom, I'm asking you why you don't like it. You don't, do you know why I'm asking you why you don't like someone? Cause I don't practice Santeria and I got, ain't got no crystal ball. You're done. You're just, gotta <laughs> just kick him out. <laughs> Shut out the lights. We'll take it from here. Thank you so much. <laughs> and fade. Piece of shit. And fade. Ooh. All right. All right. Let's see what you got there. Let's see what you got there. We got the clapper. Something yeah. like that. So I know that we wanted to talk about this. Um, Mood's good. Let's not bring us down. Well, I need to. We need to alienate at least one third of our listener base. Cool. Um, Wanted to talk about the Dahmer miniseries that oh, was out God. on Netflix. So I'm going to be we, honest. I don't, again, I, I've seen half of the first episode, but like it, I saw where it was going and I was like, I'm not, I, I'm I, not into this right I, now. I, I, I will say, and, and this isn't meant to be a spoiler as much as it Let actually guess, gets he less kills some, people. Like, uh, yeah, I, like it gets less gruesome actually after that episode. Like I would say, each episode subsequently less gruesome for a while. <laughs> I was interested at it first, still just but then you crawl like you're. I, I, I think Evan Peters is a good actor and all that, but like I saw, it was produced by Ryan Murphy, and I'm like, I am not fucking into this. Like he's I'm, he's definitely a bit of a shock jock style. It's American Horror director. Story, but like you've seen it, it's just it's like always like just like it's not even like I enjoy a good horror movie. I, I fucking recommended Barbarian last week, but like it was like just like gratuitous and weird i i in one in some ways though what yeah what happens with like american horror story and stuff sometimes is a little like too excessive but i think with this specific series and tom tell me if if you felt differently i felt like it's in 
important to be a like for him to make you feel a certain way like i think with this specifically if you didn't feel like your skin was crawling and like everything you were seeing made made your eyes kind of like want to look away like if you didn't have a jerk like jerk reaction to what we, you were seeing on screen from time to time i felt like he wasn't doing a good job of portraying like the jeffrey dahmer story because he's a fucking monster I yeah mean, i mean i i think there there's a couple of things at play here and one of them is there's still there's a generation of people who had never heard of jeffrey dahmer and this is all huh. new to them yeah um so you have to make it gratuitous and you have to make it like very explicit to get them to understand how much of a monster Jeffrey Dahmer was. While at the same time, I think you still get that point across if you if you just portray him as such. And like I watched the first episode and then I watched like maybe 15 minutes of the second one. I was like, you know, I don't need to see this. Like I already knew that Jeffrey Dahmer was a shitty person and a horrible human being. Like I don't need to see, like, I don't need to see people mutilated. And I think I, I think it just means, I think it's a little different because Jeffrey Dahmer was an actual real person. And there are lives that have been impacted by this. Like seven is a movie I could watch many, many times but because it's a fictitious story, it doesn't have the same like weight to it. But knowing that these people who they're using by name have been murdered by this guy, it feels weird that people are profiting off of like the it's it's trauma porn I, kind of. I will say that I think he he overdoes it a bit, but he tries to answer the question which is posed by the judge at the very end when they're like what do we do with his brain? Do we like dissect it and study it to understand what the fuck went wrong here? Or do we essentially destroy it and hope that he dies along with this last piece of him? And I think that what uh, Ryan Murphy tried to do here was he tried to say that these things will not die the gruesomeness will not die until we've like killed it off. Like we allow it to live essentially with, with this. And I think that was the, the question he's answering the whole time in this, in this movie is like, like, what do we do with the, what do we do with the, like, at this point, it's the, the, you know, the, the, the lore of Jeffrey Dahmer because he's more myth to, I think a lot of people than he is fact. And yep. I think he wants you to feel so disgusted and grossed out by who Jeffrey Dahmer was because we do glorify these people in ways that are gratuitous in the style that Ryan Murphy does. And that's why I was like, I get why he wanted to take it to that fucking level of just ick because we we need to see that this glorification of like serial killers and of these like um terrible infamous murderers is something that you know we need to kind of like look at in the right light we have to examine properly like if we if we lose touch of why these people fascinate us we go down a bad slippery slope of 
like understanding them the wrong way. And that's what the brain was kind of that whole thing with the brain was a metaphor for. I think that's been happening a lot too, is because like it's become more of like a meme than what it was. I actually probably intended. And that's not Ryan Murphy's fault. I'm not saying it is. It's just how things organically kind of go on Twitter and TikTok and everything else. But you know, like I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think the reaction to it is because it's a movie that makes you feel a lot of reaction. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that there was a lot of people saying there was like some racial issues with it. Um, and I felt like this, this movie highlighted something about the time that was very accurate. And that was that there was, um, unequal policing going on in the nation in minority or black communities that, you know, would have raised red flags. I mean, you know, in a white community, Jeffrey Dahmer's rolling around with bags of a dismembered body, but he still gets pulled over and questioned. He gets out on a lie, but that's all he was doing was just driving around, you know, in a white neighborhood. It's like, However, American, it's like American Psycho when he pulls out the when he kills uh, Jared Leto's character and he's got him in the bag, and the guy's like, "Ooh, I love your bat!" Like, you know, it's like yeah, and and that's and and so in the flip side of that is rest in peace, Jared Leto. <laughs> Yeah, and wasn't that other like I, I don't I, I don't remember it was a while back I watched it that other Netflix documentary with the guy who's in jail for killing the woman and like apparently they don't think a lot of people think he's innocent. And they had that kid. Um, they they made the kid like they kind of led that kid and they, they ended up throwing him in jail too. Making What's, a murderer. Making a murderer. Didn't that happen in Wisconsin as well? Yeah, I think so. so. It's like Wisconsin police are fucking real piece of shit <laughs> but to get but to get back to your point gato I, I i hear what you're saying but i also there's a there's a couple of things here one i don't think we need a movie or a, a television series to openly show people how gruesome and awful he was but all, at the same time it bothers me how light people are taking some of like what he did and kind of like making a mockery of it. Like there are, mm -hmm. I think the, the problem that people have with the show is that it is, it mirrors almost to a fault so closely to what actually happened in real life down to like, yes, how it was, how it was choreographed. Yeah. Bothers I, people. I, I agree with that because like, I, I feel like it would have been better had you almost cut to the moment after where he's like, taking the body out instead of showing me the tension moment because you're trying to have it all you're trying to have your cake and eat it too right you're trying to have a movie that has tension and scenes that make you uncomfortable where he's like leading up to where he's going to murder this guy but trying to portray it as like i'm showing you the monster but it's like this is not a movie in which like uh, there's a movie with matt dylan that came out a couple of years ago i can't remember the name of it the, the house that something built that was like gratuitous and crazy, but it's not real. So it's like, and it's not real people. They got, they also made sure that they like made the people look exactly like the victims. Yeah. Almost like to a T. Yeah. So there is a translation of accuracy that might, this is where like you could probably do with a little less accuracy. Right. But I would, I would also argue that all of our accuracy are based on personal like accounts. Right. And sure. there are things like, you know, he, they make it sound like he was 
abusing drugs all the time, that he was drinking all the time. And I don't think that's true. I, I think a guy either. like Jeffrey Dahmer is someone who pretends or portrays themselves as drunk to get away with their odd behavior, but yep. they're actually most of the time sober yeah. because that's how they, that's he, he is, he was a person with a mind that was like, seems calculated. He's always calculated. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, why would you, you're not going to be drunk he's, and calculated. I mean, this is, this was a, full and total this is this person was a full-on predator right predators think in two terms kill and survive and i don't think that the drugs i think the drugs were something that his parents or family members or people assumed were going on with him more than they were actually going on but it translates as to jeffrey dahmer is like drinking beer all the time and is in in the movie and i'm like i don't i don't believe that and I would reckon that what we know and what actually comes out in this movie ends up being significantly more fictitious if it's not like court fact, you know, that then than what is what is true. Anything that could have been opinion is is in inaccuracy in this. I have no doubt that he probably used like drunkness, quote unquote, like or fake drunkness to lure people in disarming. Right. It's like disarming. Like, oh, look at this guy. He's kind of goofy looking, but like. He's kind of looks seems harmless. He like he comes off very harmless. He's awkward, and, but maybe that's just because he's drunk, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can I can imagine he probably used it as a tactic, but but actual drunkness, no. In in the in the end, there's a weird scene where he gets he uh he gets baptized on the same day that uh that Gacy gets the uh, chair, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and you are right by the way, because like you know they used um. Ed Gain as the inspiration for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, like, all pieces of our media are ultimately kind of siphoned off. Well, that. so art imitates cool. life in that way, but I think yeah. there's been enough separation between the two. But this is like a. There was no Leatherface in real life. So, like, it's like, it's a pure imagination to where you can kind of go, okay, I can enjoy this and not be turned off by it. So, but I'm sorry, Goddard, you were making a point. Oh, uh, well, the other thing, just saying, like, that he, he lived in a mindset of, like, you know, uh, kill or survive was there was a guy that was in the jail that killed other other murderers right right? like the guy who they ultimately say kills him um he was like a god he believed in god and god talked to him so what did jeffrey dahmer do he went out and to survive he tried to get baptized and believe in jesus because he knew that guy was going to kill him eventually of course he still does but like, Wait, he would, I, I, again, I didn't watch it. I only watched the first. He, he, he brings that guy into the bedroom, right? And they're watching that weird Jesus video. Exorcist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Exorcist, so Exorcist 3. three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I, I, so he wasn't a religious person by, by nature. I think it was more just like the, the unnerving nature of the Exorcist 3 is what he liked rather than yeah. like the religious I, tones of it. The Exorcist 3. He, somebody had to watch it. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, yeah, I, I think we're all kind of. Again, there's this. Oh, I always ask this question, and I heard it from somebody that like reviews movies. Like, is this a story that truly needed to be told? And I think, t- at some level, the story of Jeffrey Dahmer needs to be shared with the world again to remind them like the horrors of humanity and the terrible things that people can do personally i don't know if it needed to be done at this level 
where now there are people who are the families of the victims who have now been re-traumatized because they choreographed the trial sequences so closely to real life, it's hard to tell which one's real and which one is the show itself. Crazy how like close it looked. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I don't have any critique for the director. I don't have any critique for um, the actors or actresses in the film or the series, but my, my critique is more like the philosophy and the approach to going to it. I think there needed to be a little bit more of, in some cases, leave things up for interpretation. Yeah. And there's a big thing in, in film where like, don't say show. Do we need it to show this time around though? I think in some cases you could have gone through like a detective reading like the, the reports, the autopsy reports, and you would have gotten the same like, holy shit moment from this guy saying like, yeah, he drilled a hole in this guy's head and like let his brain swell. And then he cut him up into pieces. Right. You oh, don't need to see that. You didn't. You didn't need to see the head in the fridge. Personally, even, no. But even the head in the fridge, I think you can kind of like get away with. But like, after facts, right? I because it's after. Yeah, it's literally like the like, it, like he like when I was watching that scene, I'm reminded of like uh, so, like a tiger, like a lion playing with its food, right? Like right before they kill it, like it just felt like oh, this is just, like this feels wrong because like this was a real person yeah and like you look exactly like the real person looked and it's like we don't need to see this part of it like just show the after effects he's carrying out a bag of like you know whatever and like move like i i i I, I also probably think like again i haven't seen the full thing but like more procedural than like i the one thing i'm shocked is that evan peters was able to do all these scenes like that I, I like I could not imagine committing to those scenes and doing those scenes. I mean, he know? grew up with American Horror Story, though. Like he was fucking in the like every season, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, but still, like it. Uh, I assume I it's like it's it's different when you're on set because it is so technical pulling those things off that it's like it's not like I don't think it resonates that way. In all yeah. honesty. Say the line, do A. Exactly. Say right. The line, do B. And it's like, hey, Evan, you didn't really say it that, that well. Can you say it again? Like, you know, it's more work than like then like they add the music to it, which obviously adds the, you know. So I, I think it's there. I mean, there are situations obviously where I'm sure like there are effects like that, but like probably not for this. No. Yeah. Netflix tagged this show in their like LGBTQ collection. Oh my god, that's <laughs> incredible! Fucking idiots. Reed Hastings, dude. <sighs> Fucking, he's. You know what? <sighs> this goes into like CEOs, man. Like this whole generation of like tech CEOs, they need to retire. Anyone that is involved in tech or entertainment probably should retire. They're just the the economy does like like stockholders do not look kindly on anything that any of them are doing this like all tech and entertainment stocks are doing the worst they've ever done on the books like i think it's time for new leadership man oh my god it's so stupid meta have you seen the meta commercials uh yeah it looks terrible i'm like what are you talking about dude you're going to use artificial reality to look at like 
what's going on underneath like an apple tree for a farmer good luck getting that farmer to to join you in your quest of making an imaginary universe like what are you doing zuckerberg i just love how like how like did you guys see that post i shared with you where a guy bought property in the metaverse for like two hundred fifty thousand. yeah and, so and i thought it, i thought it was a joke and then i went on his profile and it was 110 percent real He's not messing around. Like it's not like a goof or anything. Like you bought property in an imaginary like what? I mean, I guess I would buy property if it was pennies. If it was like less if than you... like a like a whatever you pay for like a charge up in a fucking app game. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, yeah. If it's ninety nine cents for like a hundred square miles in the metaverse, and you tell me that maybe one day someone will pay me a hundred thousand dollars for it, sure. Like, if it was Bitcoin prices, but this guy's like, how how do you have two hundred and fifty grand just laying around and be like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna buy this shit. And that's only if that metaverse even takes off. Like, depending on whose metaverse takes off, will will matter. And again, that only might happen if you get in at the right time, you get out at the right time, like NFTs, right? Because what we're just going to see is this dude sells his, he's going to sell it to himself for $500,000 and he's going to wait for a chump to try to buy it for a million. Like, it's just an NFT of a different sort. <laughs> I'm so glad that NFTs have basically just died out. They have it's really so tanked. It's, it's hysterical. So because it was it was money laundering, essentially. That's all it really was. Kim Kardashian just um, she's she got to pay a big fine. She just yep. yeah, she just got a fine for fucking it, it's a, it's in, a an NFT scam. It's a parking ticket for her. It's one point two mil. Like she's like, I think I got that in my pocketbook right now. Like she she it's nothing for let and probably for what she got paid for it too. So let me ask you a question: so. If you got framed for a crime you did not commit, mm-hmm. thus the word frame, um. And the only person to represent you was Kim Kardashian Esquire. Would you take her legal counsel? Did, did she pass the bar? Uh, yeah, she's not. She's she passed the bar. She just has to complete. She she didn't go to law school. She just has to complete what is like four years working for a law law firm uh, law firm uh, as an intern. I would. She's not. She's very intelligent. So and and honestly, I give her a lot of credit that she actively during the Trump administration. I wish she was still doing it. I don't I haven't heard really. She she got people. She got she got in Trump's ear and got him to release some people who deserve to be out of prison. So like, kudos. But like, everything else she does is like fucking pure cringe. I was like, gonna say since then she also yeah. said all the things about everyone getting to fucking work. <laughs> What um, meanwhile, meanwhile, she has a sh- she. Meanwhile, she's proof that there's a sham fucking internship program to become a lawyer in California. Like, I'll say this: if it's the same situation and Kim is the only person to represent me, I don't mind being represented by a billionaire who's got resources to spend. And also like, the publicity, the publicity for being one of her clients would probably be enough to help you out and crowdfund. So sign me up. Cancel me. <laughs> Do it. Cancel. I me. dare you. <laughs> Kanye West wore a shirt, "White Lives oh. Matter," at a fashion show. Oh boy. Okay. 
Um, I, I will say though, the stuff that he, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's our thoughts on, on Kanye. He but, was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the more like I don't want to even touch that. <laughs> oh. Alrighty, that was... uh, moving on. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that'll be a Family Guy in a week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, oh fuck, so good. Well, speaking of assholes, you guys want to talk about assholes? Yeah, let's do that. I don't mind starting because I have actually like a mixture. It's a hero and a asshole in the same okay. breath. Laid on us. So hero is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul. Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he he came out the other day and he was actually he's calling for um, Kyrie Irving sponsorships to be removed from him and basically calling him a disgrace. And Kyrie will be my asshole. And I don't, I don't remember us talking about this, but, you know, Kyrie's always been obviously a character with the flat earth stuff. And everyone was like, oh, it's kind of funny. And then the anti-vax stuff started hitting and it's like, OK, maybe it's calm down. And um, he he is one of those guys who seems like to go against the grain every single time. But that that wasn't even the thing that bothered Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know if you guys seen recently uh, he had shared an Alex Jones video on his Instagram. Yeah, uh, about the global Kyrie. cabal. Yeah, about the global cabal and all the other great stuff that Alex Jones talks about. Um, Kareem was quoted saying, Alex Jones is one of the most despicable human beings alive and to associate with him means you share his stench. He referred to Kyrie as a comical buffoon. And if it weren't for his influence over young people who look up to athletes, he wouldn't care about him. But then he pointed out that people like Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, Muhammad Ali, Arthur Ashe um, are all guys that, you know, obviously went out there and, um, you know, put a good name out for athletes. But basically said that Kyrie Irving has tarnished reputation of all athletes who strive to be seen more than dumb jocks. So powerful words from the one of the most famous, if not the most famous basketball player of all time. Um, and I'm glad it was said because everyone seems to kind of gloss over with Kyrie and they go like, oh, it's just Kyrie being Kyrie. And I think they're very gentle with him. Yeah, it's weird. I don't get it. So I, I, I'm glad that, you know, somebody of his stature is not afraid. Um, because again, like, you know, in that he could just be, you know, at this, at his age, he could just be the guy who's just like, I love basketball and I love all the people like, he doesn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. So for him to kind of put himself out there and, and take Kyrie to task, I, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, Kyrie is a, uh, is an interesting human to say the least. I, and is yeah. he still with the Nets? He is. Yeah. He, uh, he re-upped for another year with the Nets. Um, yeah. He, he just, he is just the guy that like, it feels like if there's a popular opinion about something, he purposely goes the other way just to be, you know, against. He's the, the professional contrarian. Exactly. Yeah. Well, everybody else is a puppet, apparently. So, gotta who you got? Um, look, we just had um, a major, a major storm system, uh, a major. A major nat nat natural disaster uh, devastate 
the state of Florida. Um, there was, I, they're saying Fort Myers might never be the same ever again. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are doing the right thing, but there are some individuals who are once again, like you making the wrong points at the wrong fucking times. And one of them that sticks out and has just, and they irritated me into the point where I made them my asshole of the week is, is Marco Rubio with this one. Look, (laughs) and you know, it's like, dude, you have a fucking terrible, this is a terrible disaster. Lives were lost. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars in damage. Billions, hundreds of billions, probably. This is going to take years for Florida to come back from, right? And you're talking about you can't, you you can't fucking be, be involved with, or or you can't, you'll oppose a bill if it includes pork. First off, that is not something that I think is, is even on anybody's mind regarding this. I think people just want to fucking help the relief that's going on. There is a terrible disaster. And you're trying to politicize this like liberals giving you funding to fix what what this tragedy that is, is affecting millions upon millions of people. Maybe not millions upon millions. How many people do you think? I don't know. I'm getting Probably a million it. people. Yeah. Probably upwards of millions, I'm sure. Yeah. Upwards of millions of people. Um you're you're trying to politicize something in a way that doesn't make any fucking sense. Look, shut the fuck up and start helping the people that voted you in, and that's all. Didn't he like? I I I I think I I think it was him. I saw some like a, a CNN interview, and they were like, "You voted against this bill." Oh, he was like, "Well, there was a there, there was a roof repair," and it was like, "Yeah, it was fucking damaged it, due it, to the storm." And sh- so they, he was saying that eighty percent of uh, only ten percent of insurance claims are real ones and 80% are fraud schemes with roofing insurance claims or something. And that's, and again, you know, the thing that really irritates me and I didn't say it first and I probably should have started with is that this tragedy just hit his state and he's using this as a way to get his name out there. Here's the thing though. Fucking pisses me off. Here's the thing though, is that motherfucker didn't even vote. He didn't show up to vote. And Marco Rubio has one of the worst voting records in the Senate where it's not like he votes against the wrong issue. He just doesn't show up to vote so he can like sit on like the middle and complain on both sides of the aisle. When in reality, like, dude, you don't even like go there and cast a a vote in one direction or the other. I agree with you, Gatto. Marco Rubio definitely Tremendous asshole. Huge fan of the show, by the way. However, I think you should broaden your scope quite a bit because you also have the other senator from fucking Florida and Rick Scott, who did the exact same fucking thing, also didn't vote for that bill. And then our favorite fan of the show, Creepy Matt Getz, also voted no on that as well. It, it's that's, it's that's the fair. same it's the same argument that people make when it comes to like welfare and they're like oh people are abusing the system and i said who fucking cares the amount of fraud that you probably have is very low and all you're doing is hurting the people that actually need it 
So like you're worrying about the 5% that are like abusing the system comparably to the people that need that fucking money. And it's, it's your funny thing is I would argue too, that that 5% of fraud that might be going on, would you be doing that if you didn't still need it in some way or have a desire for it? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there are bad actors that doing it just because they feel like they can. And I'm sure, but like in comparison, like he's, pro, he's acting as though that's the entire base of people. Like everybody are, does. It. These everybody are all his do people that. too. Right. Yeah. This you're, is his you're entire vote calling, You're calling your constituents fucking crooks. Yeah. 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 Liars. Great, great, great system, guys. Yeah. Problem and, is that the rubes who vote for him are going to be like, yeah, those fucking people are. Here's the and then, thing, and then they can't get a fucking insurance check. Yeah, and then they'll blame fucking Joe Biden for doing that. Yeah, the, yeah. The I understand what Marco Rubio is saying. However, this is also a problem that they have also created, where our funding model for the federal government is so fucked right now. Anyway, that nobody's willing to pass any bills, so you have to pork barrel them into these disaster relief bills, and where there's. You have to allocate money for certain things. And during that same interview, Gatto, where Rubio was complaining about the roof of a museum in Washington, he was also saying something as well about a, an Alaskan fishery. And Dana Bash was like, yeah, they also oh, had a natural disaster. Straw mans. Yeah, they also had a natural disaster in Alaska, too, where they needed to fill all of these lakes with fish because I think there was like an oil refinery that fucking blew up and killed all the fish in there. Come on, dude. But that's the thing is that like, oh, this is where your idealism fucking has to take a stand. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Also, like, everybody hates socialism until they need it. Yeah. Until you need a fucking handout, you hate handouts. I mean, right? like Ron DeSantis at least had like the foresight to go on Fox News and, and praise the Biden administration for being like, like very like active and like approving their request and all that. Like yeah. that's. Like, like you have to understand during a crisis, no one gives a shit about Democrat and Republican. No, nope. politics their go aside, money. man. Yeah, it, it tragedies <clears throat> bring people together, unfortunately. But the and funny true. thing about it's that, though, Rubio. the funny thing about that, though, and uh, Chris Christie did the exact same thing where he was really critical of Barack Obama before that about like how the Obama administration was spending money. Was it Sandy or Irene? I can't remember which one that devastated um, Atlantic City in the boardwalk. I think it was Sandy. Then Christy folded like a pair of wet laundry or a set of wet laundry. Do you remember when everyone was like criticizing him for hugging Obama when he got there? He yeah. literally like hugged him and shook his hand and everyone was like, you're fucking weak. Chris Christie is a fucking clown, to be honest. He's but, but in the same vein, like Ron DeSantis was all like, I don't need to coordinate with the White House. Like they I shouldn't have to go grovel to them. And he was like real hissy and pissy about it. And then there was that picture of Biden and him sitting next to each other. And it was just like, Ronnie D, baby, like you look so fucking stupid the, right the now. The strong man thing only works when you actually are the strong man and you don't need anybody's help. But when you do, you look fucking stupid. Yep. Yeah. Fuck him. Hope you Even get better, Florida. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously, man. Um, so my asshole of the week is somebody who I actually really like. It's just recently he's been fucking unbearable on Twitter, and that's Nick Wright. Um oh, God, I can't fucking stand Nick Wright. 
I, I like a lot of his opinions, but as soon as you start talking about the fucking chiefs, it's like God's gift to the entire planet and fucking jizzing all over himself and watching the chiefs, all of his takes about the chiefs and any other team that people have mentioned might have like playoff aspirations. He has to just shit on all the time. And right now the bills are his like primary target where he's like, Oh, I thought this team was going to win a thousand championships. And Pat Mahomes is doing all this stuff. Like guy fucking relax. Like there is nobody so like unassured about his own fandom than Nick Wright, where he has to go on and like shit on every other team in the league and like protect his own team. Like the amount of cope that goes on in the Wright household right now is pretty fucking unbearable. And honestly, it's kind of annoying now. So Nick Wright, if you're listening, I know you are. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about this on Twitter later on because we're not all fucking chief pilled right now. We're bills pilled right now. So um, shut the fuck up, calm down and be an actual journalist. (laughs) Ow. Picks of the week. Let's do picks of the week. Uh, I, I guess I'll start, but I feel like this one might've been somebody's pick already. Um, I watched black phone last night mm. I, I, I don't think, think anybody that, had that i don't think i i might have because i really like i did enjoy it um but i don't i don't not sure if i had it as but like i i did love that movie dude i it had me on the edge of my seat the whole fucking time again another movie about a sick depraved weirdo um Ethan I wonder why I wonder why I have anxiety, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like the first time that Ethan Hawke's ever played a villain. You know, uh until he's he's kind of made a turn, a career turn, because he was the Moon Knight villain too. <laughs> oh, oh I, I didn't I didn't see that. Um so of recently, yeah, he's he's changed course, I guess. Maybe maybe he's he's trying to see what it's like. He he's he's a natural. He's very like he has like that great look uh, to him. And like this is uh, done by Scott Derrickson, who also did in Insid- uh, Nine Insidious. Um, fuck, it's Blumhouse. It's Blumhouse. <clears throat> but what's the uh, he? Well, he did the original Doctor Strange, um, and then he did uh, Sinister. Yeah, which also had Ethan Hawke in it, which is a fucking awesome movie as well. So. Uh, yeah, Scott Derrickson, you know, like he does a lot of good work with him, but like he's been on a fucking roll lately, man, with uh, Black Phone, um, the Northmen, all that. So he's, he's had a nice little run recently. Like I feel like great. Ethan Hawke, like was really big around like 2005, and then kind of like mm-hmm. dipped off, and now has kind of like to tick back up. He was doing a lot of action movie stuff. Like, was he in Mission Impossible back then? I don't think so. I don't think in? so. It's always uh, been Tom Cruise. I thought he was in one of the. Well, no. he was in. He was in Richard. Like my my favorite is like Richard Linklater's um, like the Before Sunrise series with uh, Julie Depley. Um, yeah, he's got a series now on uh, HBO Max where it's him and Maya Hawk, and they actually like review and talk about um, like classic movies and stuff, which. It's kind of interesting because he's—you could tell—he's very much a uh, a student of 
of the craft in which yeah. you were, you know. Um, he, he's leaning into a lot of horror movies now, which is like not yeah. typically like something I would expect of Ethan Hawke. Because you go back even like into the 90s, like Reality Bites and all those movies that he Gattaca. 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 <laughs> is he screaming Gattaca? Um, so, yeah, so it's it's cool to see, but he's he's awesome. I love Ethan Hawke. He had a great take on uh, the whole Marvel, like the Scorsese thing. Um, I, yeah, I can't, re- I can't exactly recite it, but he was just like, but he's like, yeah, he's Martin Scorsese. He's right. But at the same time, people like these movies. So it's like, why make a big deal out of it? So it's like, it was like, it was a very nuanced, like I'm, I'm butchering it, but it was a, it's a very nuanced take. Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, he plays, he plays an absolute like monster in uh in black phone and he nails he nails that part he yeah. he's um it's awesome the, the 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 whole the whole movie the plot like it really you're i've never rooted for a character so fucking hard in my life like i really wanted that Loved kid to the, succeed his his name was the grabber which i really liked um like, I kind of dug that. The grabber. But the like the my own like the one scene though that I really loved is because like when he's talking to the kid he kidnapped, who's the main protagonist, he talks in like a very like silly kind of voice. But then there's that one moment where spoiler, his brother is in there and is in the house and like he has to like call out to him and then all of a sudden it's like, Yeah, I'm uh, the dog started barking. Like he starts talking in a normal voice. And I was like, oh man, that's fucking crazy. Like he literally like switched personalities in like a second. He and and he actually he switches through like I want to say like three or four different personalities. Yeah. Like the masks are supposed to be part of the personality. So he has like the bottom half is like a smiley mask. Yeah, and, the sad one. And, and, and yeah. then the frown one is like you don't want that dude. And then he, sometimes he'll have the, the horn part on or mm-hmm. he won't have that on. The only complaint I had of that movie was we didn't get enough Ethan Hawke. There's too there was too many moments where it's just the the protagonist in the basement and like like he only I I think he's he's probably only in for like half an hour of the full movie. Like he's yeah. not he doesn't have a ton of screen time. You, and I would have wanted more. I you know what the thing I wanted was him like through his day to day like acting yeah. normally in the community yeah. so that you you understood why like no one noticed that this fucking like kidnap like kid kidnapping van was just rolling around and no one cared you know no one thought twice yeah i wanted a little bit more of like why he was the way he was but I that's just that. me always looking for that answer did you guys ever see first reformed oh it's fucking great yeah it's, it's a good so movie. fucking good i don't recall i really liked that that was solid yeah that was that was fucking incredible paul uh, schreider paul schreider yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm actually shocked I didn't see it with this cast. It's so fucking good. I don't know. I love movies like that with like Paul, Paul Schrader, the writer of Taxi Driver. Yeah, it was like it's very Raging Bull. It's very like subtle, but it's like he Ethan Hawke is really good in that. I He's watched so it on a plane um, a couple years ago and I was like, this is fucking excellent. Yeah, I I would I would like to say like if if we had to put it out there like Ethan Hawke might be probably one of the more elite actors in Hollywood. He's one of my favorites for sure. He's been in a lot of stinkers, but I think too like that in some cases that also shows like he's willing to try shit. 
Like he's been in a couple of those like random Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like he also has the capacity and the bandwidth to put out a real banger too. He'll do the fucking job and he'll do it fucking well. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in um, Maya Hawks. Is it a movie or is it a show? Do Revenge. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, gen- I'm just I'm genuinely curious to see what that's like because it looks kind of funny. I had yeah, like heard about that. Oh, I'm trying to find it right now. Actually. It's on Netflix. Yep. No, I'll give it, I'll give it a look. I haven't heard about that. I'll go. Um, I've, I've been reading um, Seth Rogen's book, Yearbook, and mm-hmm. it's fucking great. Um, it's very funny, but it also has like moments of like real sincerity, and uh, it's a lot about his family. Uh, some really good like stuff on like people he's worked with, movies, and all that. So just keep it short and sweet. And recommend it. Have you guys ever listened to his podcast? He is very short lived. He hasn't done it in a while. He hasn't put out anything in a while. But uh, yeah, I did for a while. It was very very like out there yeah it was really weird that's what i kind of liked about it was was, he would like tell the story of something like drunk history that other people would tell yeah Yeah, it was kind of like personal drunk history yeah Yeah, exactly very very weird but i was into it though but the way he produced it like the production of it was what was really cool about it you know i'm surprised he's not doing it still yeah he's he's an interesting character man probably just got bored yeah possibly or stoned (laughs) <laughs> yes or both <laughs> that too um i guess my pick of the week is gonna be a little bit more um doom and gloom but i watched the um the ken burns documentary on american the holocaust and um we had talked a little bit about the uh boy genius and michael tracy last week he was my asshole of the week um for those who are following, Michael Tracy has not stopped posting about the Holocaust and effectively trying to shift blame away and apologize for the Nazis. But um, I watched the it's a three part documentary um, on America's involvement with the Holocaust. And I think it was really good because there were a number of individuals that get highlighted in that that don't historically get talked about when it comes to America and the Second World War. There's a lot of like foreign service officers, people who ran like nonprofits and um, civil servants who were involved in trying to convince FDR and the FDR administration that there was a crisis going on in Germany. There was a crisis going on in Europe. And then once people started to get a better understanding of what the Nazis were doing, trying to convince them that they need to try to get as many people out of these countries as possible Um, But also I appreciated it because it does not go down the pathway of like talking about world war two and talking about like the Normandy invasion and like getting into the military history. It really focuses on how America grappled with the Holocaust and how its opinion effectively shifted over time about is this something that's happening? Okay, it is happening. Is there something we can do about it? Yes, we can do something about it. Now, how do we like live with it? And how do we try to save as many people as we can? And um, you'll, I mean, I already knew this, but you, you get a good understanding of how much animosity was for 
Jews in the world, especially from the United States, like Charles Lindbergh is probably one of the most like egregious defenders of the America first policy in the 1930s. I will say he semi redeems himself with his involvement in the American air force or the American air corps, the army air corps during world war two. But he does say some, he does say a lot of pro Nazi things where it's hard to determine what is Goebbels and what's not Lindbergh. Um, but all that to be said, I think it's something that people should watch. It has a lot of parallels to what's going on today and how um, certain elements of political factions will villainize specific demographics um, hmm. and well, probably has some correlation to what Kyrie Irvin was referring to. so familiar. What, what, uh, what was the most jarring, like, like, example you found of like something then and now like a you know a similarity what what was like something that stood out to you that was like oh shit i think the part that stuck out for me the most was the nazis used jim crow era laws as a way to create laws to effectively outlaw judaism in germany and how the Germans said, how dare you like accuse us of doing anything when you have all of these laws in your country that basically stripped black people from all of their rights. They're not allowed to have property. They're not allowed to vote. Like, how can you say that we are doing something that's worse than what you do and is widely accepted in the country? And I think that's. <sighs> that's a gotcha, man. That's yeah. A... And I. I'd... Sorry, go ahead. I would say that's that's a real like oh we probably should reevaluate look in our fucking look in the mirror and see what the fuck is wrong with us you know like supremacy is a concept that you know sees sees its equal in other places where it it can also thrive and that's and that's why we have you know we have it just as bad as anywhere else you know yeah and there's also a number of um Oh God, what was his name? Madison Grant. Um, there's a number of individuals throughout like American history who are like who are like recognized as these tremendous human beings in American history. Madison Grant being one of them, he's one of the individuals who effectively was involved with the creating of national parks. Um, however, he's a huge like Nordic race believer and that the superiority of race, um, scientific, scientific racism. And like, you read a lot of the, the things that he's put together, his like most notable book was, um, the passing of the great race, the racial basis of European history. And it's, it's fucking wild shit, but it's also repeated by all of those people now, like Nick Fuentes and, Richard Spencer and all those dudes. Charles Charles Murray shit. I was yep. I was gonna say there's there's always this trend of like these, you know, um these supremacist ideas or ideologies all follow the similar like path of where one of the things they try to do is like they try to find like an academic like way to get into the discussion, right? Like, oh, we're just talking about this from an academics point, right? Well, that's, like it, that's it's like Charles exactly, Murray. exactly. Like that's yeah. what these. It's 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 wild because <clears> it's like if you can. It's it's a, a form of like um, intellectual 
like uh deflect deflection you know what you, i mean you're it's it's and a way also for them to be like oh it's this is just science i'm not trying to say anything but it's like yep. well like sam harris i'm like, just the observer of yeah some yeah sam harris has been an ardent defender of charles murray and his idea is like this is scientific like why are you guys against science and it's like well i'm not against science because well number one it's been debunked a million times it's junk science it's junk science but secondly what do you intend on doing with even if you find even if it was true right like skull size and all that bullshit and iq like, are you going to examine the societal reasons why something like that came to pass? Or are you going to use it and weaponize it against people of color and whatever and to ultimately take away their voting rights or take away their civil liberties? Like, what what is the plan here? Yep. And if you're just saying, like, if you're just pretending like it's just going to be out there in the ether, like, we don't need that. Like, yeah. we don't need those type there's, of things. There's in the enough world. junk in the fucking ether, right. man. Like we don't like, yeah, it's, it's just overdoing it. And it's like, there's always a nefarious reason why. And I think they, the fact that they like are ambivalent towards it and try and pretend like it's not true is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, a lot of that stuff was, was really bothersome to hear specifically in the context of the 1930s and forties. And granted, I am not like, this is not anything new for me hearing a lot of this stuff, but just it's been the first time that it's like the the parallels are so strong and they had a number of like historians and art and writers on there. Timothy Snyder wrote a really great book called bloodlands about um, the, the land in between Nazi Germany and communist Russia right before the outbreak of um, the Eastern offensive and how they basically both sides starved and murdered all of the Kulaks in the Ukraine and in Poland and um, all of the areas essentially in Eastern Europe where the Slavs lived. Um, but also to um, Deborah Lipstadt, who is a historian who actually brought somebody who was a Holocaust denier to court and beat them in one um, but also too, I wanted to share who are some of like the, um, the voice actors in this as well. Cause I thought this was great where, uh, like Paul Giamatti is in there. They don't, they don't say any of them on Love IMDb. I was going to say like, that's right up his alley. Stuff like that, man. I, I, love I, Paul Giamatti. I would love a good sit down in front of a fire, drinking a scotch with Paul Giamatti. He would actually have a lot of fucking cool shit to say. I guarantee you. As, as gay and romantic as that's. <laughs> well, his dad was the commissioner of baseball, wasn't it? Paul Giamatti? Giamatti? Paul Giamatti's father, I think, was the commissioner of baseball. I did not know that. I don't think he was for. I don't think he was there for very long, but I'm pretty sure he was. I'm trying to find right now. Um, Liam Neeson. Matthew Reese, yeah, Paul Giamatti, Meryl Streep, wow. um, Hope Davis, Bradley Whitford, Adam Arkin. How did this not get like this was on PBS? Small yep. a, small anecdote this about been in, like fucking silver screen, man. Small small anecdote about Bradley Whitford, which is really funny, is that he you know, obviously he plays the father in Get Out, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's movie. <clears throat> he didn't realize that when the you know the, he says the line in the movie like I would have voted for Obama a third time. And he didn't realize that that was like coded racism. And he's like, I thought it was like sincere. And he's like, 
They're like, no, man. Like that's like that's lip shit. That's like that's like performative lip shit. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> he is like one of the he's one of the, like the biggest fucking like mega libs ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, he owes also Josh Lyman at West Wing too, and that Josh, whole crew. Josh had- Lyman. Yeah, that whole crew has been like very anti-Trump and yeah, like, Rob Lowe. Eh, I don't know. I don't know about Rob Lowe, but he also wore an NFL hat. Like, <laughs> I hope both teams win. I just hope they, I just hope, I just hope they have fun. <laughs> but yeah, check out Ken Burns' documentary on the Holocaust in the U.S. You had me at Paul Giamatti. It's all. It's on. Um, it's on PBS. I'm pretty sure PBS is free to stream. Um, support your public broadcasting, support local television among your library system and your post office. You nah, man. Yeah, you nah, man. The government. Fucking assholes. The government is just trying <laughs> to manipulate you. Should we have like three minutes at the end of the show where we just financially shame our fans? Yeah. Listen. Hey, hey, hey. Some people, some people pay for that. So <laughs> Yeah. That's why <laughs> it, it will eventually will transition. If we get really good at it, we'll transition. So it's only on our Patreon for a thousand bucks a pop. Yeah. So Jeff Bezos is going to call like every 15 minutes. Jeff, you fucking disgusting sweater vesting fucking freak of a man. You asshole with a fucking piggy bank. You little bitch. <laughs> Listen, I don't give a shit about all your little commas. They don't mean shit to me. I got nothing else. We're not yeah. going to this. Tom. But we should keep it going. <laughs> Tom, take us out. All right, folks. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Appreciate you all for uh, for listening, but also giving us love on Instagram and downloading the show. Uh, thanks again for Almost Friday and Friday Beers for reposting our Almost Friday Um Again, story on and again, IG. Again, again, and again, again, and again, and again, there's no stopping it. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram or any form of social media, just do us a favor and look up second mouse podcast on IG. You know what? You I don't want- care if you want to just do it. Yeah. Dick. Also too, we are going to be adding a new um, option to our link tree where Anthony Gatto will call you and berate you for all of your financial holdings will really make you feel terrible about your financial situation, but you do need to have a credit card for it. And uh, please have your social security number and uh, your mother's maiden name ready because I will ask. Those will be the safe words. So you'll give them to me when you want me to stop. <laughs> Who cares if it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month? You're trying to be shamed. <laughs> Get spammed, motherfucker. Get spammed. <laughs> lastly if you like to degrade yourself that much do us a favor and give us a follow and a like on your favorite streaming platform share it with your friends who are probably pieces of shit just like us so they'll find it funny um tell your parents so they definitely know that you're a piece of shit if you don't we will, we will deliberately fish them and we will send them emails until they give us all of your details and then we will harass you it's a very complex fucking system we have here at the second mouse and we're really committed to absolutely ruining you financially if you do not watch and listen to us also if you don't give us a five-star rating we're gonna hang out and we're gonna watch a movie we're gonna loiter in your driveway
after the sun goes down. We're gonna do we're gonna do what Toro owns then we're gonna lift weights in your fucking driveway. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna bench press in your fucking driveway. We're gonna send Antonio Brown to your kids' pool party. Oh god. <laughs> and he's just That's gonna a- He's just gonna tweet about each kid. We'll, we'll have to talk about that another time. Because <laughs> my God! All right, folks. See you next week. Bye. We better. <laughs> we didn't get to Antonio Brown. I don't think we needed. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. Then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. (laughs)